0: Hey guys, uh, welcome. Hey brother. Uh, glad you guys are here. Last rally of the semester. Last rally in some of y'all's college career. My friend Joel won't ever be back again. And we love Joel. Um, I know who that was. Um, Hey. This semester's been awesome, right? And uh, I know there's like a lot of stuff that's gone on outside of Rally, but even thinking about at Rally, like we were worshiping, and something I was thinking about was a couple pretty uh, significant moments um, happened here this semester. And it's just cool to kind of like look back and celebrate like what the Lord's done. And, and one of them was when John Koschel was here, and then he was like, Basically telling us all that, like, Jesus is standing right in front of us. And everyone, like, started crying. And that was awesome. And I just remember that. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, if you were here, you would probably never forget that moment. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just so cool. Like, when we get to be together, like you said, Matt, um, the Lord is here. And and another time was when we had that. Like, my favorite rally so far this year was uh, the the worship night. Um, I just thought it was so fun, and and it was just fun, like, I kind of, I don't know how to express it outside of, like, since that night, I kind of have had, like, a joy that I didn't really have before, and it's pretty consistent because of what the Lord did in my heart that night, and so I just encourage you guys, I was kind of, like, debating on whether I wanted to just ask a bunch of people what their favorite thing was. And I decided not to. Um but think about it. Like what has the Lord done in your heart at either, you know, at Rally? Okay, you probably everybody probably has an answer. What has the Lord done in your heart at small group? What has the Lord done in, in your heart during Devo time this year? Like different things like that, guys, like that's not a um that's like not something that is super common, right? Like that's not just something that's happening in Stalnaker every single day is that like Jesus is showing up but sometimes it does happen like that or different places on campus or in your apartment like it's just so encouraging so I just challenge you guys to like really think about what the Lord is uh is doing and has done and then just be grateful for what what that is and and then what's cool is when he does stuff like that it's it is uh it's gonna happen again and it's gonna happen more right like if we notice it and we're kind of like looking for it then we c- we're hungry for it and then we're gonna like keep looking for that type of thing to happen so anyways I was just thinking about that um I'm, I'm glad you guys are here uh I'm gonna shift gears super hard now that was just like a reminiscing time um now I'll preach I never preached during a Cowboys game before uh, so I left my phone in the back and it hasn't started yet but it but I was thinking about it a lot today. Um, yeah, about losing to the Seahawks, which won't happen. But um, anyways, so one thing I wanted to talk about tonight was, uh, okay, like I said, a hard shift. It can't happen any other way. We're just going to do this. Okay, has anybody here ever been, like, terribly embarrassed by a parent? Okay, some of you. Okay, I think I think I, I have it. I'm actually not that easily embarrassed, um, but I have a sister and I have a cousin who I think I just like think it's so funny when they get embarrassed by like their parents. And I, I don't know if it's like a more of a girl thing or something like that. Is that true? Okay, heads are nodding. Um, but but I just think it's so hilarious. Like my my uncle, my uncle's like a little nerdy, but he's like he's like a cool guy. And he could just be like, oh, hey, what? good morning, everybody. And my and my uh, older cousin would be like, dad, uh, you know, like that whole thing. And I just, man, I just think it's so funny. He'll be like, what did I do? Like he didn't do anything embarrassing, but nothing he did was like the right decision. So, um, so anyways, well, <laughs> there's a story in the Bible that makes me think about this, and we're going to talk about that. It's in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. Um, I'm going to tell the story and then we're going to focus in on a little part, but basically Jesus has two disciples, James and John and their brothers and their mom embarrasses them. And it's so funny if you think about this, cause they're like no real age on these guys, but they're like probably around y'all's age. Okay. So like in their late teens, early twenties and their mom, <laughs> they're like, they're like, a disciple of Jesus for, like, a while now, and their mom is like, hey, let me, let me talk to Jesus, like, next time y'all go to talk to Jesus, like, I want to come with you guys, and they're like, okay, like, mom, and so she goes with them, and it's so funny, she goes with them, and then Jesus sees her, he's like, hey, what do you want, and she's like, hey, can you at least promise me one thing, can you tell me that my son's Are going to sit on your left and your right hand when when you're the king and and jesus is like really kind and and gracious and he's kind of like look that's such a dumb question but he's but he's really kind and he's like hey you don't really know what you're asking so i can't say yes to this but he kind of gives her uh, an answer well anyways the guys are like mom and then uh and then and then every all the other disciples are super mad at those two guys. They're like, who do you think you are? You got your mom to ask if you can sit at the right hand of Jesus. And and Jesus calls them in. And they're all kind of bickering with each other. And he's kind of had enough. And he's like, guys, guys, guys. And he says this. It's, it's Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. He says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercised authority over them. Basically... Um, the the jews at this time were were like in deep oppression by the romans like they were kind of being like occupied and so they've seen this all the time they see oppression they see someone who just says like hey i'm the boss because i say so and you're going to listen to me and so they see this all the time you know that the rulers of the gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them not so with you do not do that instead whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So these guys got embarrassed by their mom, and then they basically got embarrassed by Jesus. So this is like not the best place to be. Um, I'm going to pray real fast, and then we'll, we'll keep going. Jesus, we love you. Um, God, I just pray for open hearts and open minds to hear your word tonight, God, to hear your voice um would you help us yeah just to see you in a real way um and see you f- for who you really are god we love you you know pray amen um so so these guys are like go-getters right so they, they probably maybe their mom asked them and then and then they were like yeah let's do this right like it, they weren't like completely out of it so this is something that we see all the time like ambition right is ambition bad no yes correct i want i want i want i want okay so think of something you want something you want to do something you want to be something you want to have it doesn't matter like like all of us want have this kind of like desire of ambition um i see a lot like nah um i see it a lot people will be like oh i i want to this is a great example. I want to be a small group leader. Like I think I should be a small group leader. Or like hey, I want to be a band leader. Um and that that's not a bad thing to want to be, right? Like I want to disciple other people. Like that's pretty great. Um but if it's if I if I don't understand what I'm asking, just like these guys didn't understand what they were asking. It's kind of like um this is what's so weird to me about politics is like somebody is growing up their whole life and they're like, "Hey, you know, man, America's pretty great, right? Like, America's got all this money, all this power. And the cool thing about America is there's, like, one person who's pretty much in charge of the whole thing. And I was thinking the other day, uh, <laughs> you know who actually would be a great person to sit in that seat and kind of lead the whole country would be uh, would be me. Like, that. that is so crazy that, that we – we choose people who say they're better the best person for this job like it should be like hey actually marley doesn't want to be the president but we all think she should because you were and and she becomes the president you know like that's it's so crazy to think that someone's heart and their attitude to want to be the president would like qualify them to be this thing does that make sense um and so that's that's just like a crazy thing so there's something deep inside of us like to want something um I want to be married. I want to have this type of friendship. I want a boyfriend. I want this job. Um, all these things come at a cost, right They're titles. these are all titles, but they're going to cost you something right Does that make sense? Like all these things are going to cost you something, whether it's schooling or whether it's settling or whether it's you know whatever thing you want to have, you have to do something to get it um and one big thing that they're gonna cost you if you want them want a good one that's gonna last is uh for you to be humble, right? And for you to and, and for you to be like like broken. Okay. Um what I mean is if, if you don't want to be humble and serve other people, then just don't want to be married. Like just say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be humble. I don't wanna ruin a generation Worth of people, like I am not going to get married, you know, or or have kids, or date. Like it's just not a good idea to do that if I don't want to be humble. If you don't want to serve other people, you can't have. Does that make sense? You can't have everything you want the way that you want it, right? Oh, I want to. I want this job, but I don't want to be humble. Well, don't want that job. Like, please don't become a cop if you don't want to be humble, right? Like, if you don't want to serve other people, don't become a blank. Like, don't don't do anything. Like, like just just stop. Go be humble and then come back and and look at those desires again. Um, This is, like I said, this is all inside of our hearts. It isn't all bad. Ambition isn't a bad thing. To want something isn't a bad thing. But we have to recognize if if we are going to follow Jesus, then for me to want something means that I will have to be broken, okay? That I will have to be humbled by God um, or before God. This, if I want a life that's influential and powerful, along with that comes loneliness and brokenness so that we don't use that influence or that power for bad. Does that make sense? Like if God is going to give us power in our life or influence in our life or the things that we want, the desires that we want, and we aren't worthy of those things, they're probably not smart for us to have all that power in, in our hands, right? He wants us to be broken, humble, godly people. Does that make sense? Okay, Um, a lot of times people want a a title or or like the thing that they want without the experience that kind of goes behind it, right? Um, This is like, I wish I could have found, I didn't, I I could have, I just didn't do the work, Um, so I'll just describe it, but basically I saw this picture and it was like a it was like, oh, how funny is this? But it was really like really sad kind of picture. And it was like all these major countries. It was like USA, um, like like Germany, uh, maybe Russia. Like think superpowers. And it showed all of the people who are either ministers or secretaries of health in their country. Okay, and and it was like it was like scary, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like it's like. Okay, if I'm gonna be someone who's gonna say Hey, this is you should be a healthy person, that includes physical health, right? so I should be fit ish and also mental health, right so I should be have my head on straight and and the people running these countries of public health are wackos, and they are not healthy looking people like like gonna have issues do have issues gonna have issues gonna die from their issues you know what i'm saying like like that type of thing and so all of these people it's like sad and, and y'all are like giggling but it's just kind of like that they have the title without the experience right like that that is a dangerous thing to be um it's like i i i i had and have this issue of calling everything the best and i have an amazing friend christopher i'll be like christopher bro, I just found, this is the GOAT uh, cardio workout. And he's like, oh, sick, like, that's what's up. And then, like, three weeks later, I'm like, Christopher, I found the best cardio workout of all time. And he's like, is it better than the last one you just told me about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, I'm like, hey, Christopher, I found the best cardio workout of all time. And he's like, bro, what are you talking about? You just gave me, like, three, how are these the best thing of all time? And when you say this, like, oh, this person's the GOAT, or this is the best thing ever, it actually, he told me to stop, and I really do try to stop. And I have, in some ways, stopped doing that. Uh, In some ways, I still am growing. Uh, It lessens the position when you call it the greatest thing. Does that make sense? It lessens the title when you call it the greatest thing. It lessens the title or the position when you say, hey, I want this thing, but I don't want the experience for it, right? I want to have a best, man, I want to have the type of friendship that you guys have. Well, you don't want to pay what it cost us. Me and Matt have been friends for eight years. We've gone through a lot of stuff together. A lot of it hasn't been fun. Some of it has been fun, but we're but we're brothers because of what we've gone through. Oh, I want to have a friendship like that. Well, do you? Because it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take frustration. It's going to take calling each other out. It's going to take all these types, right? That type of thing. Uncomfort, embracing the what is it? I'm just kidding. Um, dude so, so does that make sense? Like this, that when we say these things, I want these things. We have to know what we're saying. Um, we say this, it's, it's healthy to bow. Have y'all heard that? It's healthy to bow. Okay. I would write that down. I would think about that forever. Um, when I was a, I think I was a sophomore and I heard that for the first time. And since then I have seen other people bow and I've seen other people not bow. Or be broken. Or be humbled. Does that make sense? Okay. Bow. Kind of sounds funny. Um, I've seen other people do it. I've seen other people not do it. I've, I have have chosen to do it. And there have been instances when I haven't chose to do it. Right? Um, but either way, I have experience with it. I could talk about what it means. Hey, it's healthy to bow. What are you talking about? We could talk about that. Right? So I have experience with it. Now... Someone else comes along. Um, how many were here when John Koschel was here? Okay, awesome. I love John Koschel, and I say constantly that he is a great revealer of how hungry you are. Because I've been in a position where I'm sitting in with John, and I'm like, bro, he's telling the same story he told last year. And I'm kind of getting bored, and I'm like ready for him to go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Um, because he's old. Uh and then there's other times where I'm listening to that same story, and my eyes are welling up, and I'm like, dude, he doesn't tell any other stories. It's so simple to walk with Jesus. This is amazing. So when he says, God's not boring, you are, there's power behind those words because it's not just a title that he's called for. It's, it's experience that he's had. It's decades of obedience and decades of him following Jesus to say, hey, God's not boring, actually. I know for a fact who God is, and I know he's not boring. It's your fault, right? And so when he says these different things, it, it does something in my heart that says, oh, shoot, why do I have a bad attitude right now? Why am I kind of, like, annoyed about something that he's saying or not saying right now, okay? And, and this is something that, that always hits me when he's here. He always says, he always says, God's not boring, you are. And he always says that these two words. And I've never heard these words be more powerful coming out of someone's mouth than John Koshel's. right? He says, trust God me he'll tell a story or he'll say something and then he says trust me and i'm like oh i will if someone else says trust me i'm like no shot right but if john says trust me i'm like i'm all in on it because he has the experience and obedience and brokenness and loneliness to back it up does that make sense okay me john yeah other universe jesus Back to our story, he says, um, he says, don't be like these other people. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Right? So he says, hey, don't lead like this. Don't be a person who's like this, that's like lording their title and their experience and all these things over you. Actually, take take the lower part. And if Jesus said to do it that way, if anybody has more authority or experience or power in their words that says, trust me, it's Jesus. Does that make sense? Because all throughout, it's not like, oh, one time he just said, hey, uh, you should actually serve me or something like that. He says he does it with his whole life. We looked at this a couple weeks ago in John 13 when he takes the towel and he starts washing his disciples' feet. Even before he's going to die, he takes the lowest place to act like a slave and start washing the disciples' feet. Man, that that is so powerful. So, why is it better? I think we need to get this. Why is it better to serve than to lord it over other people? Why is it better to serve than to lord it over other people? Jesus said so. That's not the answer. Okay. Jesus said so, and he doesn't expect that us to just take that as word. He lived it out, okay? So check this out. When we serve other people, are y'all with me? Y'all okay? Okay. When we serve other people, this is so sick. There's two things that happen, okay? There's two things that happen when we serve other people. One, you get to share in fellowship with Jesus, and you get to get closer to him. If you've been to a rally before, this is what we talk about. This is kind of all we talk about. Do you want to get to know Jesus? Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to get more of Jesus? That's like all we ever talk about, and that's what we're talking about tonight. So closing on a good note. Um, the, the cross, when Jesus got on the cross, it was a submission. It was, that was submission, right? When he took on the towel, that was service. It's also submission. So the cross and the towel are both powerful things for us to look at in Jesus' life. When he says, hey, if you want to be first, you need to become the servant. If you want to be greater than everybody else, you need to become a slave. He did it. He took on the cross. He took on the towel. So when we get to be with Jesus, this is so cool. God, why should I do what you tell me? And Jesus says, because you get to be where I'm at. You get to be where I'm at. He says, follow me. He said, follow me to his disciples. He says, follow me into service. Matt. That was awesome. I, I legitimately was going to tell, like, some of the same stories you did, and I don't have to. So, it was a lot of fun. If you ask me, hey, what's one of the lamest things you can do, uh, in my opinion, it's like to let your friends do something that's really difficult, or, like, let your friends go do something and not join in. Like, it doesn't, it could be like, hey, let's go jump in the snow in our, you know, um, what's it called? Some tracks. Um, I'd be like, "Oh, y'all are gonna do it? Yeah, for sure. We're gonna do this together. Like, it's not a FOMO thing. It's like I want to do things with my brothers. Thing. Does that make sense? Um, and so the lamest thing is 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 letting other people do it by yourself. And you said this like that wasn't that fun. We just moved wood. We like sat a lot. We worked really hard, but we were with our friends, and that that to me was like, man, I. I want to do that. Where's Jesus at? What is he up to? He's serving other people. If you think about it, Jesus is ministering to different people. And if that's what he's doing, I want to do that right alongside him. Does that make sense? Like that, that's what he's doing. Jesus is going to go serve others, whether we do or not. But if we want to be close to him, let's go serve other people alongside of him, right? Like we get to follow following his lead. He's just telling us where he's going and he's inviting us to join into it. What did Jesus get out of all this stuff? He says it in verse um, 28. He says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right? What did Jesus get out of this? We say, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Right? When we choose to serve others and when we choose to go alongside jesus and serve them he's getting his reward he's getting to do these things with us he that's what he died he, he died for fellowship with us and when, when he goes and serves people and we go alongside him we're giving him his reward so may he receive you as his reward so we get jesus when we choose to serve and then you also begin to show others what he's like and how he's transformed your life he'll be a minister to others through you And the only way for this to happen is if you give him a shot by serving other people to minister to them through you. Isn't that sick? Like, it brings joy to you. It brings joy to those around you. Uh, One time, this is a while back, I used to work at at a university, and it was a, there was a lady in our office, and she was probably late 60s, early 70s, okay? And it was her birthday. And so she was like, she was like everyone's grandma, basically. And she was like, all I want for my birthday is to go out to eat with my coworkers and my friends. And guess where she wanted to go eat? Go ahead, guess. B-dubs. This lady wanted to go to B-dubs. So we all go down. It was like 45 minutes away. Go get B-dubs with with Miss Miss Shirley. That's what she was known as. Um, I think her name was Miss. And... And we're sitting around, and they're bringing the checks, and I'm like, "Oh, it's it's our friend's birthday. She's not paying for this, right?" And so I'm like, "Hey, um, hey, give me give me your check." And so and so we get the check, and we and we pay for it, and and it, the the lady comes around, and she's giving it out, and they're like, "Oh, she's like, well, I never got my check." She's a she's an old Southern lady, and she's like, "I never got my check," and <laughs> and and everyone's kind of like. And she's, like, she's kind of starting to get angry. Like, she's, like, what, what's happening? And it was kind of weird to see her mad. And I was laughing. And, and they were, like, oh, yeah, like, Charles took care of it. And I was, like, you're my friend. Like, of course I'm going to buy your birthday food. Like, this is what we do. Like, if we go out with our friends, we always buy their birthday food. And she started to, like, cry. And it was basically so funny to me because I was, like, she's not used to being served. She's not used to being um, taken care of. Like, like this isn't her husband. This isn't her son or something like that. So it was so out of out of the picture for her to be served by somebody in such a. I mean, a small way. It's not like she was eating like 18 wings or something like that. Like it was just a, you know, it was just whatever. But it was so cool to see the joy that it brought to her for her to be served in such a way. It, it didn't really matter that I paid for it. It mattered that she got served right. And so that's like that's like something that we get to do. Our culture, now, our culture knows exactly what happens when you choose not to serve, right? You begin to, like, harden old ladies' hearts, right? Like, she didn't expect to be served. She didn't expect to be honored or respected, even on her own birthday. Um, You don't see a bunch of people outside, like, taking care of stuff, unless it's their job. Like, you don't see people taking care of other people, unless it's their job. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't something that's, like, really really normal in our culture. And and so I was thinking about this, I was talking to Katie. I was like, "Man, what do you think would happen if if like we served someone too much?" And I was kind of going the worst case scenario. And I was like, "Man, honestly, and this isn't like mean, but like I don't know anybody who serves someone too much." Like it, I was kind of like, "What a dumb question because it's kind of like asking, "What if I eat too healthy?" Like what would happen if I ate too healthy? I don't know. Like what if I learn too much? You know, like what if what if I've just become so smart? Like, what are you talking? What if I'm too generous? Like, oh man, I just can't imagine. It's like, man, what what difference does it make if you serve too much? And so I was thinking about this, and, and it says, don't let the fear of unknown or what could happen stop you from starting to serve other people. Okay, don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about what could happen if this goes extreme. If I just become a servant, like sweet, you get to be like Jesus. Um, Francis Schaeffer says, this. this is a little bit long, and it's going to be on the screen. Yeah, that looks like a lot, so I'm just going to read it. Um, this is from his book, No Little People, No Little Places, and it talks about serving. There's nobody who's too little to be served. There's no, no place that's too little to be loved. He says this, to the extent that we want power, we are in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit has no part in us. Christ put on a towel around himself and washed his disciples' feet. We should ask ourselves from time to time, whose feet am I washing? Whose feet am I washing? Some churches have made foot washing into a third sacrament. Members washing each other's feet during the worship service. Well, while most of us think this is a mistake to make this a sacrament, Let us admit that it's 10,000 times better to wash each other's feet in a literal way than never to wash anybody's feet in any way. That is so good. That's right. It would be far better for us to make a mistake and institute a third sacrament of literal foot washing than to live out our lives without once consciously choosing to serve each other. Doing the Lord's work in the Lord's way is not some exotic thing it is having and practicing the mentality which Christ commands. He said it way better than I ever could. Okay? You can't serve too much. You can serve in the wrong way. Okay? You can serve in the wrong way. True service comes from a, la- a relaxed love relationship with Jesus. You can be the least when you serve Jesus. If you are serving to get something, if you're serving to get the picture or notoriety or a good feeling, guys, like, if you're serving, oh, man, I'm going to go do this thing just to serve and and do a good thing for people, you missed it. You're not going to get the reward, and neither will Jesus. Does that make sense? Our motive has to be I am going to serve my king. If he did what he did, he took on the cross, he took on the towel, then surely I can serve my brothers and my sisters, right? Y'all okay? Okay. Um, okay. I need, I need quick and total participation. Okay. I need you to look up one, 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 one. Okay. Romans one, one, Titus one, one, um, James one, one, uh, 2 Peter 1 1, Emily, and then Luke, Jude 1 1. She nodded really hard. Okay, you got it? Okay, can you read it out loud? Romans 1 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Awesome. Next? Yes, sir. Perfect. Loudly. Whoever's next? I don't remember. You. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Okay. You got this. Loudly. Yep. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Perfect. Yes, yes. Next. last but not least perfecto thank you no round of applause you guys are in college you should be able to read um, what now I will give you a round of applause for this what was common in every single one of those verses yes great job you guys are in college um, They. why would they call themselves servants why wouldn't they call them sons or or children or princes or friends of Jesus? They found um, the title of being a servant, or or some of these say slave or bond servant. I'd rather be a slave than a son of God. I'd rather be a slave than a prince. Right? They're saying slave, but they're saying servant. Man, that's crazy. And and wh- what they mean isn't isn't you know we gotta get out of America for a second. Slave means. I am going to become a slave on my own choice. I know I'm going to have to serve somebody, and so I'm going to choose who my master is. They chose Jesus. A love slave of Jesus is someone who has willingly given up their rights to the king. Okay? A love slave of Jesus is someone who has willingly given up their rights to the king. We worry about this stuff. Oh, man, what if I'm taking advantage of? Oh, what if I'm doing the wrong thing? Because we're still holding on to the right to rule and and our own lives, to be in charge of our own lives. But when we give it to Jesus, he's the one who has to worry about this stuff. Man, what if I, what if I become a servant? What if I start serving other people and I, and I lose sight of who I really am or the title that I was looking after, all these different things, man, it doesn't matter. Like, like, Jesus has got me. True freedom comes from being a slave to Christ. We're all slaves to the power that we obey. Like I said, this is the type of slavery that chooses its own master. You can choose selfishness, you can choose your own goals, your career, your all these types of things. You can choose um, your your spouse. You can choose to you know be a slave to to whatever these things are. Your family, um, sin, or the righteousness of Jesus. Slavery to Jesus is marked by love. Okay, does that make sense? Slavery to Jesus is marked by love. Um, this is like one of my favorite books. It's called Love Slaves. It's a funny sounding book, and if you have it out the table and someone sees it they're kind of like what are you reading um <laughs> rightfully so uh but I'm gonna read this quick story um is that okay I'm gonna read this quick story from this and uh and it's pretty great and and um listen okay like like listen this story is 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 impactful um and it's heavy okay so 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 stay with me until the end of it okay 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 um sweet Um, There was a fine fellow who was placed on a slave block in an Egyptian slave market. So think back in the day, slavery, slave trade, all that type of thing. His master was selling him. Men were bidding for him. A passing Englishman stopped, looked, listened, and began to bid. The slave saw him and knew that the Englishman was a world traveler. He thought that if the Englishman bought him, he would be taken from Egypt, from friends and loved ones, and that he would never see them anymore. So he cursed the Englishman, raving and swearing and tugging at his chain that he might reach and crush him. But the Englishman, unmoved, at last outbid all others, and the slave was sold to him. He paid the price, received the papers that made the slave his property, and then handed them to the man. So he bought him, and then he handed him his papers. He says this. He says, take your papers. You're free. I bought you that I might give you your freedom. The slave looked at his deliverer, and his raving ceased. Tears flooded his eyes. As falling at the Englishman's feet and embracing his knees, he cried, Oh, sir, let me be your slave forever. Take me to the ends of the earth. Let me serve you until I die. And then Bringle says this. He says, Love had won his heart, and now love constrained him, and he felt there could be no joy like serving such a master. That is such a good story, and that is what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has become, he's bought us, even when we're mad at him, while we were still sinners, he still loved us, he still bought us, he gave us our freedom, and then he said, you can do whatever you want. And some of us will choose not to serve him, but some of us will be so constrained by the love that he's shown us and say, you are a good master, I'll be your slave forever. Does that make sense? And that's why all these guys who gave their life, that we just read, Peter, Jude, Paul, whoever else, um, they counted it an honor to be a, a love slave to Jesus. That, that is what we're talking about, okay? So what does this look like? Does that make sense? Okay, we're almost done. So what does this look like practically? Um, what does it look like for me to serve other people? Tell me what I need to do. Without commitment, real love and real growth can't occur. We have to be first committed to Jesus, okay? Committed to Jesus. We need to say, you are my master. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. We sing that sometimes. Do we mean it? So be committed to Jesus. We just talked about all that. We talked about why he's a good master. We talked about why he's worth trusting. Um, So being committed to Jesus. Secondly... um, one way to do this, and this is not an exhaustive list because we got to be done pretty soon, but be committed to your small group. Don't just be a taker. How many people go to small group? How many people go to a birthday party? How many people go to rally and are just consuming what's there for them? To be committed to something is to contribute to something that's there, right? And so that could look like speaking up. I mean, I can't imagine any small group leader in this room gets a call. It's Tuesday night. Small group fiction happen. Hey, um, would it be okay? I mean, it's okay if no, but could I like? It's like Christmas time, and could I could I like make hot chocolate and bring it to small group? Like nobody nobody in their right mind is gonna say no, right? That is a way to serve your small group, or bring chips, or give rides, or speak up. Hey, can I? Hey, actually what are we doing this week? Can, can I pray with you this week? Like, serve your small group leader. Serve somebody and be committed to what's going on. Does that make sense? Whenever I make a commitment, I always, always, always fight to keep my commitments. If you're not committed to something, it's probably because you're not serving, okay? If I'm just going to take at small group or if I'm just going to take, consume, consume at rally or if I'm just going to my friend's house to, to consume, then I'm I'm not really serving them, right? I'm not really committed. If you, sorry, you have to be invested and it has to cost you something. Another way to do this is, is to be con- committed to a church. This can be difficult. In college, you go, it's not really your vibe. It's not really like people you want to hang out with. You guys need to learn to talk to an adult. and And it can be difficult and it can be, they don't get me, and maybe they don't see me the way that I want them to, or agree with me, or all these different things. It doesn't matter. This is what life looks like. So be committed to a church. Um, you could serve there, okay? Is this okay. we almost seriously almost unbanned. You guys can come up. I proved it. Um, I'm not. This is the kind of service I'm not talking about, and I'll be quick about this. Self-righteous service looks for the big stuff so you can be seen. It's not serving God in others. It's serving others for something other than God's happiness. It's serving to feel good about myself. It's so I can take the picture and get in the paper. It's so that my dad can be proud of me. It's so that so, someone else can find out or I serve this person so that I can get something from them. It's still being a taker. True service doesn't discriminate between small and large service. Uh, we just had, um, like, like, people love giving to, like, animal shelters and stuff like that. That is not true service. It's a nice thing, and it's not necessarily inherently evil. But that's not what I'm talking about. Like, like I'm talking about serving other people. Uh, it, true service will do whatever it takes, big and small. True service is happy in hiddenness. Matt could have never talked about that service trip, and no one here would have ever known that he went on it. And he would have been fine with that. And that's that. It's happy in not being recognized. It's happy in the hiddenness. It doesn't need to be reciprocated. Um, self-righteous service picks and chooses where to serve. True service is indiscriminate in its ministry. And then, and then finally, service is just saying yes, Lord. What could this look like? We're fixing to go into Christmas break. The greatest dematuring six weeks of my college career I go home my mom cooks for me she does my laundry she lets me get away with whatever I want to get away with I watch TV I don't wash the dishes you know what I'm saying like everything is happening for me when I go home don't listen don't please for like just don't do that okay like be mature and uh, this is cool You might not even get noticed. I did the dishes, and she's asking me to take the trash out. Who cares, right? Are you serving her or are you serving Jesus? Because either way, Jesus is doing it, right? Either way, Jesus is doing these things. It doesn't matter. When someone else asks you to do something you don't want to do, just say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'm not even saying it yes to my mom. I'm not even saying yes to my brother. I'm not even saying yes to my roommate. I'm just saying yes, Lord, and I'm serving him, Right? That changes everything. Does that make sense? So, here's how we're going to do this. Two things I want to do. The first thing, we're going to worship, and that's going to be awesome. I am challenging you guys. Think about what this actually looks like. Practical. I can't just give examples all day long. But if you come up with something, tell it to your small group. Tell it to the Discord. Tell it to your band. Tell it to your tribe. Like, whatever it looks like. Hey, I just thought of this really cool way to serve my uncle, you know? And this is what I'm going to do. You guys should try it too, right? Like, I'm going to make life about Jesus. I'm not going to make it about me. And and one way I want to do this, so so think about it. Figure it out. You guys, like, crowdsource how to serve your families and your roommates. And And this isn't just a Christmas break thing, I hope you realize. Like, this isn't for everything. We're just going to practice it over Christmas break. The last thing we're going to do, in the back, Abby and Kinsey are helping me because they're amazing interns, interns of the week. Um, Look, hey, this might be for some of you guys. This might not be for some of you guys, okay? Um, Some of you all think this is really cool. Some of you all think this is the lamest thing in the world. I don't care, okay? I really don't care. Humor me. They some of these guys and, and girls are gonna hand out um it's it's a humble, just a it's a bit of um it's just string. It's like braided string, okay? And and I want everybody to have one, and they're they're kind of cool, I'll oh, admit. Um I cut them. Uh and and look, here's what I want you to do. You're gonna get a little distracted, but listen, okay? You get the string. I don't want you to do anything with it yet, okay? In the Old Testament, the the story of the slave who was sold is just a revision of an Old Testament law that says if a slave is sold, um, but he finds a master who's true and that he loves his master, he'll stand up and the master will actually pierce his ear, okay? And that will mark him as a slave as long as he wants, okay? As, as his slave. And I want this to be a mark. I want this to be a physical thing that you guys have. You say, hey, I... I don't know. I'm not ready yet. I don't know if I want to be a a, a love slave to Jesus. But I'm holding on to this thing. But when you decide to do it, tie it on your wrist or have your friend tie it on your wrist or whatever you want to do. Tie it on your leg. Tie it on your keys. Something like that. But but I'm going to put it on my wrist. And here's why. Step one, become a love slave to Jesus. Step two, serve your master in others. And as over the next six weeks or however long these last, you look down at your wrist, and you say, oh, I'm laying down, I'm watching football, I need to serve somebody, right, and you say, Lord, what would you have me do, and sometimes the dishes need done, or you need to straighten up a little bit, does this make sense, and then sometimes maybe nothing comes to mind, okay, and this is what's really cool, sometimes there may not be something for you to do to serve Jesus, And here's what you get to do. You get to rest in your master. You get to rest in him. You don't have to get up. You don't have to do something. You just get to think about Jesus because you saw this thing on your arm. So that's my challenge. I hope that's clear. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Become a love slave to Jesus. When you tie this on your wrist or whatever, you're saying, I will be a love slave to Jesus. And then go forward and serve your master in other people. Okay? cool. And now we're going to worship our King. We love you, Jesus. Amen.